Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is, and if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting BashSolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. There is a lot going on right now in the sport of wrestling. We've got everything from cancellations to trials to RTC cards and more. And today I want to talk about some of those topics and bring on some guests that are directly in the center of the conversation. This includes Yanni Diakmahalis, Bo Nickel, and Anthony Ashnell, who all joined me on the show today to talk about different current events. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So yesterday, the Ivy League announced they were canceling winter sports, which obviously includes wrestling. Arguably the biggest name in wrestling in the Ivy League's is Yanni Diakmahalis. So I was curious at what his perspective and reaction is to this news. Without further ado, Yanni D, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. The last time you were on here, we were talking about the Olympic trials being postponed. (laughs) And now we got to bring you on sometimes when there's good stuff to talk about. But, you know, yesterday was announced that the Ivy League is canceling all winter sports. And, you know, I think you're one of the names that everybody instantly thinks about. And there's so many reactions. So I wanted to bring you in to talk about it. What was your reaction when you saw that? Was this something you guys knew was potentially coming? Yeah, it was like we were optimistic, but you could definitely tell just the way things were developing, you know, hearing kind of through the grapevine what people were saying, you could tell that, you know, it was probably going to be done. I mean, we were definitely optimistic. You know, all of our guys were training like we were going to have a season. You know, we were pretty deep into our preseason, but you, I don't know. It wasn't a total shock. You know, I mean, I like, and you just kind of know how these things go with the Ivy League sometimes. And from a mental standpoint, you've endured so much over the past year between cancellations, delayed wrestle-offs. You've endured so much, and I, I know you well, so I know how much you love this sport. Where are you, Matt, mentally right now? With I know there's got to be people listening that's saying, man, this Yanni's been through a lot. Where are you right now mentally with everything? Yeah, I mean, that stuff's frustrating, but I'm a big believer in not never letting things deter you. You know, I mean, kind of just keep a straight look on your face. You do what you need to do. If things <laughs> if things aren't going the way that you want them to, doesn't matter, right? Because, like, the world doesn't feel sorry for you. People might feel sorry for me. You know, people might feel sorry for the guys, but – in the end, like life goes on. They might feel sorry for 10 minutes and that's the end of it. Right. So I don't think that there's any reason that 
you know, I mean, yeah, like things happen, like unfortunate things happen all the time, but they should never deter you because in the end, I believe that being deterred is like a sign of weakness. You know what I mean? It's just something that you need to improve on. And that's kind of how I try to view myself too. And I believe you posted yesterday that it's time for another Olympic red shirt. Is that the plan? Is that what the plan has been? Like kind of the backup plan of, hey, if there's not a season? Because there's been the ups and downs where NCAA came out and said, for those who compete this year, it won't count as a year of eligibility. And I had teased it out like, so Yanni could be a five-time champ, <laughs> you know? And now, again, it's a different swing, which is – but what have, have has this been the backup plan? Like, okay, there might not be a season, so let's plan that route too. Yeah, um, we were always ready. You know, I already talked to my compliance officer about the potential for getting an Olympic another redshirt year. And so we kind of had everything planned so that if I was good to go, I was ready to come back and get going. And if it wasn't, you know, everything had been set up for me to take that redshirt. So we definitely were planning ahead and kind of like preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, you know. So there was equal, I guess I was equally prepared for either outcome. So. I'm glad, I guess, like, we did a good job of not letting it catch us off guard. Yeah, and when I posted on the Bash Mania Instagram yesterday about the news, the comments lit up with time to transfer out, time to transfer out, time to transfer out. Now, I know how loyal you are to Cornell growing up in New York, Finger Lakes, so I don't see you transferring out. But I'm curious your thoughts on the notion, and I'm sure wondering – and if, I don't know what you're hearing about, do you think kids will potentially transfer so they can compete this year? You know, it's like Big Ten's playing football. It's looking like they're going to wrestle. So if that's the case, do you think people are going to start transferring out to their schools? I mean, I think there'll, you'll see a big wave of guys who wrestled in Ivy Leagues that are going to wrestle at grad school somewhere else. Like, we, we have a guy who actually talked to our coaches because he wants to go to grad school, right, and was like, hey, like, you know, some wrestling programs that maybe I could go to. And just because I get it, it's like you want you don't want to lose your opportunity if you had it. But I, I don't know about transferring only because I think a big pull factor, right, for these kids that are, I mean, especially for me, I know, and like guys on our team, that the reason they're here is because it's such a high level education. Yeah. You don't want to give that up for one season, right? You know, especially when you have opportunities to wrestle for grad school somewhere else or you know, you have an opportunity to get, I mean, like a degree from Cornell is a really big deal if you're trying to yeah. do something outside of wrestling with your life, you know what I mean? And so I think it means a lot for our, I know it does for our guys, like graduating from here, you know, as part of the reason that they're at Cornell, you know what I mean? Like the, the institution means something. So I don't know about transferring, but I, I, I'm pretty confident a lot of our guys are going to stay. Yeah, I would think so. You know, it'd be one thing of you in – it goes back to the loyalty thing. And I don't think you'd have people transferring out for one year and transfer back. But even if that was a possibility, it's still, there's a loyalty factor there. And I don't know, like you said, this isn't like you're going to a standard college. There's anything wrong with a lot of these educations, but like you said, the Ivy league, you're going predominantly because of that education. And I know from our conversations in the past, how much that has meant to you to be in the Ivy league. Do you think that, you know, and, and you're kind of different because with the Olympic red shirt, not everybody's going to qualify for that. You know, do you think maybe other schools, have you heard from anybody, anything about transfers? Um, you know, not a ton. I mean, I think generally outside of the Ivy league, everyone else is kind of in the same boat where they're like, they're all in limbo, right? Kind of like yeah. where we were before yesterday where it's like, yeah. are we good? Oh, go? you know, we're going to act like we are, but maybe we aren't. So the only thing I'll say, I mean, I do, I'm a big fan of, you know, like, you got to stick with who got you there. And I mean, I get it. Some people need to transfer for whatever reason, but it, if there's nothing wrong, I don't think you should just leave your school because someone else might be able to do one thing better for you for one year. Right. But I mean, I know I'm, I'm not one to, I wouldn't pass judgment on someone else if they did. Yeah. No, but I think sure. really the only thing is it, it, it feels like a lateral move because maybe you go from the big 12 to the big 10 where maybe the big 10 is 5% more likely to compete, but are you really willing to transfer for the 5% increase of chance that you might wrestle? Because it could end up being like, we're the first domino and everyone else drops or I could be totally wrong. And we go out, everyone else has a season and just, there was no Ivy league that year. So I think there's a lot of, um, 
subjectivity, right? Like, I don't really know how much everyone yeah. else. And I predominantly ask only because, you know, those are the comments. So that's what the average fan is thinking about instantly. So I, I wanted to give you a place to talk about that. You know, another important factor, you, you tweeted it yesterday about your heartbreaking for the seniors. Here they lost their NCAA's season last year, and now they're done. What is the the vibe like around those seniors who now don't get to compete? I mean, one thing I really appreciate about our guys is that, I mean, they took it on the chin. Like, they are as strong-willed as it gets. You know, I mean, some of these guys, like, I don't know, even if they weren't ultra-successful, it was like you, you planned on having this last wrestling season. And even if you were going to – be a backup. It's just like being a part of the team. It's your last year of yeah. doing this before you have to like it. It's your last year of being a part of a wrestling team. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's the end of it for them. So I think it's hard, but they took, they did a really good job. You know what I mean? Everyone was handled it well. I mean, obviously people are going to be upset, but you know, I, I'm, our guys are tough dudes. So, I mean, and they understand that it's kind of something you can't control. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the possibility where the Ivy League could be the only league not to participate. But then, in my perspective, you're a reigning two-time NCAA champion. If you're not there and other guys aren't there, it's almost like there's an asterisk on the season, you know? And it becomes an issue where it's like, is there going to be a asterisk next to the season? And we don't know how it's going to play out. Some conferences might cancel, some not. We don't even know if there's going to be NCAAs. We saw that with the World Championships. They thought they were going to have them. Then there wasn't enough participation. So now they're going to have a, a World Championships Cup or a World Cup or something. But do you think that there's definitely going to be an asterisk next to the season if it does take place for some conferences? I mean, honestly, you know, it depends. If it's just us and it runs through, then those national champs are definitely going to be really good guys, right? But as more and more programs come out, and I'm not saying that they will, but if they do continue to drop out and the field gets lighter and lighter, I mean, I, w I would never say you put an asterisk because you, can, you, can't, you can't blame a guy for beating whoever you put in front of him. It's not his fault that the other guys weren't there, right? But as more schools drop, you have to worry more about the probability of having a season than actually what you call the guy who won the NCAA tournament that year, you know, because – I don't know, like I said, if I go to the NCAA tournament and there's only 10 other guys there, like, that's not on me. I still showed up. Well, that was the Pat Downey argument last year. You know, everybody got mad at Pat for being excited about making the national team. And a lot of people are like, well, it's only because David Taylor wasn't there and Bo went up. And that was the general sense of like, well, not for nothing. You can't get mad at Pat that. I mean, it's not. He's done other things, but it's like, it's not his Correct. fault. That, <laughs> right. It's not his fault that he won the world trials and then David just couldn't wrestle. Like, it's just what happened. I don't know. Yep. I mean, and it's like, I don't know. It doesn't make it. I mean, it's like, you didn't beat everyone who was there. You beat everyone who was there. You just maybe didn't beat everyone who could have been there, but. Right. And that's why it's always an interesting conversation. And that's the only thing with, with Pat Downey. The only really thing I'm referencing is that the one factor of he did beat who showed up and it, it's going to be a conversation that I think is going to unfold over the next couple of months. If there's an NCAAs, if there's not, you know, going back real quick to the world championships, I know you expressed frustration in that. Have you thought about that more, the world championships and not having it? What was that up and down like kind of getting ready? I know you kind of stay ready, but I know there's a difference when you're getting ready for a world championships or a team trial or something like that. What was that like? To be honest, the, the biggest frustration on my end, I just felt like we were kind of in the dark. It was like we had this survey, and I was in touch with Mike Machiavella, who was one of our, like, athlete reps. Yeah. But even he was like, there's a lot of stuff going on that not like he didn't know about, but maybe he just wasn't included on. And I think he was just frustrated by it. And then kind of after that decision, I was like, well, because I remember in the past they told us we all got these athlete surveys, right? And it was like – they gave them to everyone who placed in the senior nationals that happened in October and everyone who was on the national team. And it was just frustrating because then it felt like, well, just because this guy doesn't want to go, I can't go. Yeah. So you can not go and I'll just go wrestle instead. But I mean, I don't know. There were other things that God introduced to me 
people brought up to me after the fact that I guess cleared it up a little bit. So it, it helped, you know, I mean, talking to people like I know Jenna Berger, who was the yep. she was a world team member for the army. She was telling me some stuff that she heard from another call from someone else that helped clear it up a little bit, but there was definitely an initial bit of frustration because it's, it felt like it was taken away from me because other people just didn't want to go, which I, I didn't agree with, but. Yeah. And that's one of the questions that I asked on the media call was the two questions I thought were good questions. One I thought I asked was, you know, why wouldn't you send someone if they want to go, if they want to risk it. And, you know, they basically made the decision that, Hey, if we can't send everyone, we're not letting anybody go, which I kind of disagree with. And the other question that was asked that was kind of interesting was, okay, so what about the Uregan? What about the Dan Koloff? What about the other tournaments that are in Russia, Italy, France? They're all overseas. So what about those? And nobody knows right now what's going to happen. You yeah, know, I didn't, a, lot of, a lot of stuff up in the air, which is kind of why, like, Flo has stepped into this limelight doing all these cards. Because I think it's the first time in a long time where everyone's just kind of like, I need to wrestle matches. You know what I mean? Usually there's so many tournaments – you're like, oh, I'll go to the next one. You know what I mean? But that opportunity isn't there anymore, which I think is why they've been doing so well with these events. Yeah. Have you been in talks with any of the cards? I know Mike was telling me when he was just on here that Spartan Combat uh, is going to do one potentially in January. But have you been in talks with any of these other cards to try to get something in the going for you? Yeah, there's something being set up. I'm pretty sure I can't tell you what it is yet, but you will hear about it. There's something coming up very soon that uh, okay. I think will be really exciting. I think it'll be I, – I can say with confidence that there's probably been nothing like it before. So I think it'll be really exciting. Okay, very cool. I like that. And, you know, the last thing I want to talk to you about briefly is your focus right now when – you know, you have NCAAs canceled, you have the Olympic trials canceled, you have the world championships potentially scheduled and then canceled. Now you have your season taken away. All your focus right now is Olympics 2021. What is your focus and how optimistic are you that, you know, when you've been training so hard for the last, let's say eight months with kind of things keep being taken from you, what's the focus from here to the Olympics now that the NCAA season is gone. It's Olympic redshirt time again. What's your focus now through the trials and through the Olympics? I mean, just, you know, continuing to get better and talking about things getting canceled. It's like, I can only, I can only control what I can control. So it's like, I should never let things that are out of my immediate grasp deter me. Right. So, all right, this gets canceled. Nah, that sucks. All right. On to the next, right. Because there's no reason to be upset about stuff if I can't change it. You know what I mean? And you just have to reflect, learn, what can I change if, if it's just something happened? It's like, all right, well, that sucks. On to the next. You know what I mean? So just focus on getting better and being as prepared as I can possibly be when the trials and the Olympic Games come. And, you know, just whatever happens, happens. You know, I have to be ready to go to war. You know, so. is it hard the next day after something like i know for me my routine kind of helps me if something bad happens the next day i'm I'm kind of back in the grind because of my routine i stay in it is that what helps you like is, i assume with you there's not a lack of there's not a lack of that grit and desire even after bad news you know like you're telling me today you, you got matches going it doesn't matter your season was taken away yesterday you're out there today competing just as hard as ever in practice is that something you've grown accustomed to just no matter what happens staying in that, with that like grit attitude? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big believer in how your psychology can affect you. And I just think that yep. if you're going to let a negative event affect you, then it's, it's doubling down. Right. Cause now it's like, I already lost something, whatever happened. I already lost my season. Yep. Now I'm going to let the loss of my season take away a day of practice, which could cause me to lose another thing. So it's like, why am I going to let a negative event contribute to more negativity when I could take that negative event and be like, well, watch this and do something better with it. Right. And I think that, you know, not, not everyone views it that way. And some people would probably disagree with me, but I don't believe in sulking when bad things happen. Oh. Like they happened and it's really sad. And obviously people need when I'm talking wrestling, this is wrestling. Yeah. It's not important. Yeah. Stuff. 
I lost my season. That sucks. It's terrible. The seventh best of your senior, it's like, well, what do you do now? Life goes on, so you have to just continue on with it. And it's something I had to learn. You know, I, I had a hard time when I got beat out of the world team spot. And it was just kind of like the world. I'm sitting on my couch watching the world championships right now. The world does not care one bit that I'm not there. So it's like, why should I take more than 10 seconds to be upset by it? I like yeah. the perspective that, you know, if something negative happens, why are you going to let it hinder something else? And that was really a really good point that a lot of people listening should, should take account of. If, if that negativity from yesterday affects your practice today, that could affect, you know, everybody in wrestling knows how small of the details that go into your training and routine and process affect the final outcome. And if you do let that take away from today or all of next week's practice or whatever it is, it might impact your future. And that's not, that's not doing yourself a service by robbing yourself of that. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just big on good or bad, put it behind you and keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, Yanni D, thank you for taking some time this morning. I'm sure we'll chat soon. We got to get you on here with something really positive soon. So the next time something like really good happens, just text me. <laughs> Hopefully I'm talking to post Olympic team. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, listen, after this announcement that you're telling me we're going to hear about something soon, that's hopefully exciting. So it might even be sooner than the Olympics. <laughs> some, something. Flo's got something to watch. Flo, well, I, I, I don't know if it's tied, though, but I did see that Flo tweeted out yesterday that they're making two big announcements Saturday during the Burroughs event. So I don't know if they're tied. Based on the timing, could be that one. But I'm okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Make sure you tune in. Make yeah. sure you're following Yanni. Pay attention. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. All right, so next up, it was announced this morning that Anthony Ashnall is wrestling Austin O'Connor at a Tar Heel Wrestling Club event called the Tar, Tar Heel Wrestling Club Open, I believe. He also recently launched Mob and Media. He's competing in a Flow Wrestling 8-man bracket challenge in December. He's got a lot going on. Anthony Ashnall, how are you, man? Happy to see you mobbing back on the podcast. What's good? Shout to be mobbing here. How are we doing? Good. We're both taking a break <laughs> from the... Uh, the flow rockfin trial which is what i'm calling it because as somebody alluded to yesterday this isn't about willie this is about flow versus martin and whatever but needless to say how are you man what have you been up to i'm doing well man i've been up to a lot bro i've been uh well this week i've been watching the trials like you're saying keeping <laughs> up with keeping up with this uh the debates i guess or just going back and forth both sides of that trial with willie with Rockfin and going at Flow Sports and Flow Wrestling and Christian Piles on the stand yesterday was it was fun for me as a wrestling fan honestly to like to see this behind the scenes combos and like dude I love it I was telling my wife she's like why do you love this so much I'm like first <laughs> yeah. of all you know I like like crime and documentaries and courts stuff so you know I like it but as a wrestling guy when you saw everybody saw Willie quit in real time last year and you saw things unfold now to see the behind the scenes of it all yeah. unfolding it's like I want nothing but the best for Rockfin and nothing but the best for flow but if this is on I'm watching all day 100 percent and then like they throw text messages in there and you're like I, I swear I read like Ironman's name in the one text message. I was like, what are they talking about? Ironman behind Dude, the scenes? I saw Piles say something. <laughs> I saw that Piles that's really like, what's Rudis something about? Rudis like blew it and then he was like Ironman. I was like, What? Was yeah, like, like was Ironman gonna go to Rudis? That's I was I trying was. to put the timeline together. I was like, wait, okay. Dude, like, I'm trying to boss stuff in real time, like you know this guy's talking about a yacht company and this guy's yeah. talking about that. I'm like, yeah. man, I'd be mad. I'm glad. Uh, I saw a mutual friend of ours on there and I texted him and I'm like, just so you know, this was up there. But you know, the reason I was texting you to this morning was it's down as the time of recording this, but I reshared it when it was live that, uh, December 4th, Tar Heel wrestling club, is doing an event which i kind of knew was coming i asked tony about it when he was in the podcast most recently and he didn't mention it exclusively but i knew it was coming and the first match they announced which i think is a great one you and austin o'connor i was kind of surprised to see your name i'm really glad 
you are, but I, you know, with the event on twelve eighteen, I love seeing that you're getting a little warm up in. What led to you taking this match with Austin? Uh, kind of that thought. Like I was like, I'm gearing up, getting ready for this twelve eighteen date. And we're treating it almost like it's like a UFC date circled on the calendar. Like we're getting ready. We're training. We're training like mostly around my skills and what I'm working on and what I'm getting better on for this event on 12, 18 with six of the eight competitors already agreed. We kind of know what we're getting into and uh, it's exciting, man. It's every day's like, I think I'm, I'm driving to work, driving to these workouts and I'm picturing Jordan Oliver's motion standing in front of me and what I'm going to do to him and how I'm going to score on him, how I'm going to attack him. <laughs> yeah. How I'm going to take out another cowboy. Um, but, but um, it started just leading to getting super prepared and going through wrestling workouts, lifts and cardio workouts. And I was like, just feeling like I wanted to get something under my belt, um, get a match in and feel good about winning this tournament on 1218. And, by no means is this like a warm-up match, but yeah, like that was kind of the thought process. Like, let's get a match in and get ready to go, and we'll have two more weeks to kind of adjust and see what's see what's good, see where I'm at. Uh, maybe I got to tailor some things differently, or um, maybe everything's going great and we continue the process for two more weeks and get ready for the flow wrestling match. And yeah, um, and I use I use warm up very loosely. Austin yeah. O'Connor's a stud. I don't mean like it's a practice for you, but I mean in the context of you competing a little bit no, while later, sure. this sure. is definitely that tune-up to say, like you said, where am I? Like, I got to give a lot of credit to Flo for putting real money on the line for you to walk away with. That's reason enough to say, hey, before this event, I want to go compete, and I'm sure you're hopefully making a little bit of money on that card, and it's like, hey – two paydays in December. What's wrong with that? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And on top of it, man, I'm at the point in my career, I want to be healthy and I want to be wrestling often and building on my legacy as a wrestler, as a human being. I want to give back to the sport and to give back at my level is, is to compete and to, to show out, not, not just to go win, not to just go lose, but to, to carry like my name on my chest and represent what I represent and to show maybe future generations. And especially during COVID when kids all ages are wrestling on cards and wrestling in special events, like kind of be the role model for those kind of kids that are looking at me in these events. And I want to be the kind of person like Burrow said, like Burrow said in his upcoming match about flow, like he wants to be the guy when he's older, that kids are like my favorite wrestlers, Jordan Burrows. And he's 70 years, years old, sitting up in the bleachers and like, that's not my goal, but I want to be a face and um, a vision for these younger kids looking like I want to wrestle often. I want to uh, wrestle at the highest level. I want to win world championships, Olympic championships, but I also want to be on not as many cards as I can, the ones that make sense. Like um, this one makes sense. Like we're saying, getting ready for the flow wrestling event, which is a huge little like mini us trials. Hopefully we get some uh, international guys in the last two spots, but it's just getting ready for that as well as getting my name on, on these cards and being someone that's wrestling often at a high level. Yeah. It's, it's one thing that's very interesting. When I had Cal on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I brought that up. Like, you know, what I told him was a couple of years ago, let's say this is 2015, 2016. You, you didn't see any Penn state guys at senior nationals this year. 2015, 2016, you see them all because you don't have the option. If you want to get a match in, you're going to senior nationals. You're risking the quarantine. You're risking this. You're risking that. Now you've kind of got some options, and it's going to get interesting because it's who wants to wrestle who, and I think it's going to get really interesting as more and more RTCs and clubs start throwing their hat into the ring and everybody's going to want to start wrestling on home turf, right? Like, I know Gilman and Lee, everybody wants to see that. Well, and, and I know Gilman is an absolute savage. He'll go anywhere. But I kind of got the sense, like, everybody right now wants to be on their home turf. I, You know, Lee doesn't shy away from, from competition. Spencer is one of the best in the world. But I got the sense of he's like, well, I want to wrestle in, in Iowa. You know, and Gilman's, I want to wrestle in Penn State now. And you're, it seems like, and I could be wrong, but it seems like you're going to start seeing a trend where guys want to wrestle at home. You know, if all of a sudden you guys are throwing an event down in Jersey, 
it might be like, I'm not taking that match with Austin because I want to wrestle someone here, you know? Yeah, and you, you're kind of seeing that with the Wisconsin card. There's not, there's not as many big names. Awesome headline with Gross and Meredith, but there's not as many big names because if the club doesn't have them, like Iowa and Penn State, it gets harder. But the, the entire landscape is shifting right now, and it's awesome to see people innovate and to, to watch that change. And I got to imagine as an athlete, you're kind of sitting there like constantly reevaluating based on the circumstance. Hey, coach, are we going to do an event? Hey, what's this? What's the Olympic trials going on? Ivy League's canceled. Like everything just comes into play to some degree. And it's something like you've never dealt with before. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different landscape. Like to go on what you're saying, it's a different landscape. These kids, these kids that are, 12 years old, maybe 10, 11 years old, just getting to middle school, taking wrestling seriously through high school, they're starting to see it and they want to wrestle in events like that. You know, you see more and more kids going to not just the big national tournament Fargo in the summertime, you see them going to every single big event all year long, super 32, the next weekend elite eight duels, like this weekend, like I'm putting together a high level high school event, like with some, some of the studs that wrestled in super 32 one and end elite eight. Like these kids are wrestling every single weekend and they're only going to be primed to it when they're my age, when it's time, maybe the landscape cha changes in the eight, in the next eight years to kind of the platform we see now where RTCs and different promotions and everything really working together or not working together, just kind of working on their own, trying to put on their own, own events. Um, it could be, maybe become a thing where what I see it going towards, if this is the trend, you got UFC, you got Bellator, you got one championships. We might have a thing where it's wrestling, like different promotion, like different promotions doing their own thing, uh, having their own, their own kind of series of events or whatever it may be. Um, maybe it takes away from what the world championships and Olympic championships are looked at because there's not as much money except from your own federations in those. And um I'm I'm a little bit opposed to it, but I think it's good to have a little mix. Like I I think the premier accomplishment as a wrestler is being a world champ, being an Olympic champ. And I don't think we we get rid of that platform, but I think we learn from what boxing has done, what UFC and MMA has done and what these other combat sports are doing. Flow grappling's blowing up, one of the fastest growing platforms. Um and I think we have to learn from these other promotions and platforms and take what's good and try to filter out what we, we already have that is good and kind of blend them together. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that and I want to bring that up because I know you launched mob and media and I saw you have a four man bracket event. I see you have a lot going on and I saw even some back and forth with, I can't remember if it was Sam Herring or someone about kids rankings and you're doing a lot of work on the youth level. I'm curious what got you in to wanting to do all that. Um, well, I was working with a ton of youth um, since college, since I, since probably my junior year of high school, uh, college, I started working heavily, giving private lessons, running camps, going across the country. Um, and then it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to really do a bunch of these clinics across the country, one hitters anymore. I want to work with groups of kids. So then I started kind of picking and choosing the, the kids I wanted to work with and developing and the different practices that I was going to stay consistent. The best thing in Jersey is there's like actually probably 30 to 40 clubs across New Jersey. So you could go anywhere and, and have workouts, but it was more like simplifying it to one or two places I wanted to train kids out of or associate myself with. Um, and then I started having to deal with different injuries from just competing and uh, maybe not having um, a great system for my training or the best system I could possibly have to stay injury free or whatever it may be, I was dealing with injuries, um, which feel like they were kind of back to back to back in two years. And I'm just, just coming back from another one. Um, recently I had a procedure done in August and I'm coming back now and my first match will be December 4th. And the main focus of shifting things more to mob and media and creating that platform for myself was to get out of the scene where I felt like I could still give back to the youth and fulfill that and have opportunities to go maybe run a practice on a Saturday or be involved in a whole Saturday event without two times a week 
using my actual body and my actual energy, which was taken away from who I want to be as an Olympic champ and a world champion. And I have that potential and I'm taken away from it every time that, that I chip into that chip into my body. Like I'm chipping in to my body by being on my feet an extra three hours a day for no reason or extra four hours, sometimes teaching and going through the motions of what wrestling is. And, uh, and I'm the kind of person that like I'm all in or I'm not in at all. So it's like, when I'm going to teach a practice, I'm getting another workout and I'm sweating. If it's a high school kid around my weight, I'm messing around, grabbing them. When it's time to go live, I'm wrestling with everybody. Uh, I like to give back in the best way I possibly can. I, I go all out in that. So for me, the transition to mob and media was really to take it, take the toll off my body and be able to wrestle as long as I possibly can compete for as many world and Olympic titles as I can. And, start being able to wrestle consistently now that we have all these cards and all these opportunities to wrestle. And what Maba Media is, is it's a platform on rockfin.com that we really focus on youth and high school wrestling through youth rankings, uh, youth athletes, following them at tournaments, hosting youth events, such as the one we're hosting this weekend, like we're talking about. Um, And as well as following my own career. So there's like different things like articles I write or, little highlights of my day through a vlog or highlights of my workout with me talking over them. And uh, we're only going to get better and better and better. And we're making a little bit of money, which is nice. So we could put it back into it and get nicer cameras and maybe hire a college kid. That's good, better than me at it and, (laughs) and get them to edit some things. And, you know, it's also a passion, not a passion, but a hobby of mine. Like I enjoy going through the film and, I enjoy being around wrestling constantly and talking wrestling and calling coaches and talking to my buddy about wrestling. So it's also a hobby and it goes hand in hand of making me a better wrestler. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I feel like some people would probably look at it black and white and say, Oh, he's now he's creating mob and media. He's doing all this. It's, it's going to be a distraction, but listening to you break it down, it's actually the opposite. You're actually trying to channel energy into something that is not only long-standing, but it's also going to let you focus more on both without exuding too much energy on one or the other. I, I, and that's why it caught my eye. Like, I like this. And, and you, see, you see athletes, it's becoming more and more common. You see what Dave's doing with them 2 training center. You see what Bo's doing with the American Top Team, the gym. And you're, you're seeing athletes kind of try to create something and Kale and I talked about that on the podcast. You know, the sport needs to be more self-sustaining. We have to do things. Anybody who's involved in the sport, for me, it's having a podcast and bringing conversations for free to wrestling fans. You know, I think the sport needs more storytelling. It needs the storylines. So for me, that's what I can do. You as an athlete, this is what you can do. Somebody who is maybe just a donor, great, whatever. But I think the more that athletes, coaches, clubs, wrestlers do to help the sport be self-sustaining, like you said, you're making a little bit of money, which is great. You can reinvest it back into the sport. You're not taking it and buying big cigars and just laughing in the sunlight, you know? (laughs) No, no, we're doing things like we're taking the money and we're instead of running it in the club that's a little beat up and not meant to have a match in it, we're making sure we have COVID guidelines, buying different things to be safe. And we're renting a high school gym and we're getting different cameras to have a live feed with. And like, we're putting things back into the youth that we're covering. So then we could expose them in a better way and set them up for their futures and give them opportunities. Maybe they didn't have. And the greatest part about it is that, you know, like there's a kid that's in the event that's that I'm not, I'm not going to throw them out there because I don't want to, I don't want to keep it anonymous, but he he's trying to get recruited for college and he's not getting a lot of looks. And it's like, we kind of had the roster set, but he reaches out like, Hey man, like I'm looking to get some big time matches, a ranked kid in New Jersey. That's the kind of kid we want to help. Like, of course, we're going to squeeze him in and find him a spot. We're going to make him an edit. We're going to put his matches on Rockfin. And those are the things maybe he gets picked up from a college. Like we don't want to compete with flow wrestling. We don't want to compete with, Track you don't wrestling. want to go against Karen. <laughs> not just that. Like, that's not what we're doing. Like, like I'm for me, like, yeah, m- money's awesome. Making money's cool, but that's not the goal. Like we're here to give back. Uh, we're here to serve. So um, to be able to reinvest those things and be able to see it 
and have like stories like that. And we're only a month in like that feels good. And we're trying to make yeah. an impact in a large way. So we're going to, we're going to keep on keeping on. And wrestling needs more of that. It really does. You know, and that's why I've always been convicted with this podcast to have as many faith conversations as I can. Cause I think that's, there, there's a, a lacking of that in the sport. I want to bring more marketing and business conversations. You know, I love what that stalemates kid and things name is Zach. I love what he's yeah. doing where he's, yeah, he's, he's doing something unique. I love that. I don't care what you think of the content. I think it's great, but I'm saying irregardless of what you think of the content, he's doing something unique. That's what the sport needs more of and, and needs more people doing stuff that's unique to them. Instead of just seeing somebody do something, say, oh, I want to do that. Because first of all, if you're coming to wrestling to do something just for the money, you're going to lose. There's yeah, no yeah, money yeah. in that. Yeah. But I think it's cool to see different people doing stuff. And I, I love that wrestling seems to be – it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people copying each other. Maybe for you, might somebody might start a podcast and do like four episodes and they'll fizzle out if their heart's not in it. And, and it's not like – I think they realize how hard it is. But I, I love seeing that, and I love seeing the entrepreneurship of saying there's got to be something I can do and making your time and your body more efficient. Like I didn't think about that before you said that, that you're spending so much extra time on your feet. It's chipping into what your body needs. It's funny. I just had a conversation with Yanni where he was saying – in regards to the Ivy League being canceled, he can't dwell on the negativity from yesterday or it robs him twice. He loses his season, and now he loses the productivity of today. So he has to let it go because what he does today could be what helps him win an Olympic spot. You know, and similarly, that perspective of, hey, how can I still help out? How can I still contribute to the sport without being on my feet all day, without spending that energy kind of – you know, wrestlers don't have to do what it was 20 years ago, which was you did travel the country and do camps and clinics to make a few bucks because there wasn't the technology that exists today. So, yeah, I love yeah. seeing that, man. Hey, maybe Yanni wants to get on the 12-18 match now that he uh, doesn't have a season. Well, he so. said there's a big but, announcement uh, <laughs> coming soon. So I don't know uh, what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he also the Spartan Wrestling Club's putting a – I know they're putting an event together. January, yeah. So maybe the announcement to he's wrestling there. I'm sure he's got a I don't, international guy or something. I don't think it's that. I think the announcement is something else because he kind of said Flow USA Wrestling. So I don't know if Flow is going to make an announcement Saturday. He said he can't fully disclose it, but the time <laughs> <is> <laughs> I said, I'm like, Mike Gray was just in the podcast and he brought up the Spartan Combat Wrestling Club doing an event in uh january but he goes i ah, basically said it's not <laughs> he so. said nah, i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah like i would love to have yanni on there i mean my goal is to be the best wrestler i can be and doing these events are preparation for the olympic team trials right now the goal is the olympic trials so anybody that's going to be in my way for me it's a win-win i get to wrestle them probably for the first time it's my i'm going down to 65 kilograms and on top of what we're talking about, man, my transition of starting my media like and wrestling again and full-time training towards this tournament on 12-18 and 12-4 match against um, O'Connor, I freaking feel great, bro. I'm in the best spot. I've I was just going to ask that, man. Long, long I was going to say the, the last thing I want to ask you here is one thing that's been on my mind is Seabass yeah. <laughs> and Sebastian being back in Jersey. How has that been? Dude, I feel great and I actually got my first like real test yesterday I had to wrestle with him for a whole practice and I mean just this week alone I went with Graf twice and Sebastian yesterday I mean I'd say I'm, I'm <laughs> excuse my language I, I'd say I'm ready to go <laughs> there's that I'm passion go, like, jersey <laughs> yeah like the, that's the greatest thing about having uh Sebastian back home at Rutgers and um having Tyler Graf around right now it's like I got everything I need, man. With Sebastian back, he's a hammer, and he's big now. He's not a 33-pounder probably ever again. He's a 65-kilo guy. <laughs> yeah, I would consider everything under 140 pounds out of the picture forever. Um, <laughs> just, like, just feeling him, man. Like, I, I went out to Northwestern because we're close, and when he was at school there, there, and I would train with him and different guys there, and he's a new, he's a new person. Like, he's just – he's thick bass. 
ripped, man. He's thick everywhere, top to bottom, and he could wrestle. He could scrap. Um, but being able to have him, and that's like a, a gauge for me, like getting to go yesterday. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm, let's go. I I'll sign it. that Austin O'Connor match for sure. <laughs> I, but, and but I hope great. they post that back up because I as soon as – as soon as they shared it, I reshared yeah. it. And no, it's talk- going back up. It's going back up. We talked off air. There's a couple things they're figuring out. And I have a feeling there's going to be a fish swimming around down in Chapel Hill that same day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lubina. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, thank you for taking a few minutes to chat about all this stuff. Everybody listening, go subscribe to Mob and Media on Rockfin. Go follow Ashnal if you're not already. You, you, you need a little Ashnal in your, fe- in your feed. <laughs> you just need it. You need a little Monsadel sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll chat soon. I appreciate it, man. I Thanks, need one man. of those older school sweaters, bro, so I don't ruin the I don't, content, content, content. I, don't, I haven't made these in a while. But this is the first time I'm saying this anywhere publicly. I, I can't put on Instagram because hopefully my friends don't listen to this podcast because they'll all start texting me. I want to do red stuff. I want to do a red line. And I know you'd Scarlet? like that. Scarlet? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to do a red line. Man, Imagine this sweatshirt, but in red. I like it. Opposite colors. Yeah, kind of inverting that, it. Do your something logo. different. Your yep. logo with the base. I like yeah. It. Don't worry. We'll send one your way. (laughs) Awesome, man. And finally, in a couple of weeks, Bo Nickel wrestles Nate Jackson. He also just went to Abu Dhabi with Jorge Masvidal. He's got a lot going on. Bo Nickel, how are you, my man? Hey, yo. What's up? What's up, man? How are you? Justin, doing well, man. Good to... Good to get back on with you. I'm excited to have a chat real quick. Yeah, you know, there's a couple quick things that are on my mind that I'm like, all right, it's time for Bo to come back on. You know, I'll start with... The landscape of wrestling is changing, and you got a match coming up with Nate Jackson on the NLWC card, and you know I, I'm seeing these matches come out, and some of them I know about, some of them I don't, and I just love the excitement about an individual match. It's almost like a college season with dual events on the senior level. I love seeing it, and we were talking after the last NLWC event of different matches and results. And I-, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit and just get your thoughts on the current landscape of wrestling and what's happening with all these cards. Yeah. You know, it's definitely something that as a wrestler, uh, super exciting, um, you know, just to have the opportunity to compete, you know, it's pretty, you know, with the last, uh, you know, eight months or so being pretty much everything shut down, just, the opportunity to compete alone, like that's something that we can be so grateful for. And, you know, as a, as a fan of the sport as well, it's such a cool thing to be able to see a lot of these matches that, you know, we wouldn't have ha- had uh, the chance to otherwise. And, you know, I, I think it's honestly grown the sport a lot, you know, with, uh, with the college season being postponed, you know, I saw Ivy league, they just canceled their, yeah. their sports, but so we'll see what happens. But, you know, at minimum, I would say the season's going to be postponed. So, you know, with the wrestling community kind of come together and, and putting on events like this, it's just exciting to like, you know, keep the sport growing, especially because I feel like the last three, four years, it's really picked up a lot of uh, viewership and, and the, the sport has grown a lot. So just to try to, you know, keep that rolling is, is big. Yeah, for sure. And it's given you the opportunity to be able to get a match. In. And I guess we'll talk about the match because since, you know, talk about the event. What is your thoughts on the Nate Jackson match coming up? Yeah, you know, just super excited to compete as always. You know, um, I was just, uh, you know, looking for looking for a match around this time, looking for somebody to wrestle. And um, Nate Jackson was one of the first guys that came to mind. Uh, he was in the finals at the U S open. And obviously he's a great competitor. We have, uh, a, a decent amount of history. You know, I think this will be our, our third match. And he did, he did get me once in college. So, um, I'm just excited to have the opportunity to compete out there. And, you know, I know, uh, I know he's going to be ready to go and he's going to bring it, but you know, I'm just definitely, uh, looking to put a lot of points up on the board and kind of just separate myself a little bit from, from the rest of the guys at the weight, you know, with, uh, you know, he's done really well um, as far as uh, domestic competition goes. And I would like to put a lot of points up on him and just, you know, make sure that the all the rest of these guys know that, that I'm on kind of on a different level at this point. 
Yeah, and I forgot you had that match with him. You were, what, a freshman when you lost to him, right? Yeah, so he was actually my first loss in college. So I lost to him in a duel. Um, it was a duel at Indiana, yeah. and I think he beat me like seven to six. So it was a pretty crazy match. But, um, yeah, we, we ended up wrestling later that year at the NCAs, and we had another really close one. Um, I ended up getting him in the semis at the NCAs. So we're one and one right now, and I'm looking forward to uh, to taking the lead in the series. So it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And I know people want you to score a lot of points. I was cracking up at your one tweet yesterday when the, <laughs> you asked yeah. the one person to say, please, and they wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I know. That guy, he was just like, I mean, obviously, he, he was referring to the match with Daringer, you know, it was yeah. a one-to-one and not really a ton of scoring. And uh, So, yeah, I, I was like, I don't know, he was just basically threatening me that if I don't score, he's not going to buy it. And I'm like, dude, listen, I understand like that there's an aspect of, of entertainment with when you're purchasing something, you know, you obviously want to be entertained, but at the same time, there's a lot of things going against this guy. One, my track record over the my entire career. So that pretty much speaks for itself Two, I don't wrestle and try to do what I do to please the fans. You know, it's, I go smash people because I want to smash people and I want to yep. score a lot of points on them. Not because some guy on Twitter told me to. <laughs> so I just had to troll him a little bit, but yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. I hope, I hope he kind of understood. I'm that, sure he does. You know, look at trolling him a little bit. I think a lot of these fans don't ever expect a response. You know, it's easy to kind of get drowned out in, in social, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. And I always mm-hmm. think it's funny when someone like you responds to somebody who they're kind of trolling without expecting a response. They're thinking, oh, no, one's, they're not going to you know, see this or you do a pretty good job of getting people back pretty quick, especially on Instagram too. Yeah. I've seen some of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's just funny to me because like I, I, I try to, I, I don't want to get mad and get angry. Cause like, it's just, there's no point in really wasting energy on that. Yeah. And so to me, there, there, it, it works twofold. One, if somebody's going to like say something mean, I'm just going to troll, I'm just going to troll them and, <laughs> and just mess with them yep. because I'm not, I'm not just going to try to, fight fire with fire and get angry back at him because that doesn't do anything and it, it doesn't really make me right. make me mad at this point and two it's like all right bro let's be real if you saw me in the street one you're <laughs> never gonna say that in a million right. years two you're probably gonna ask for a picture and autograph so like <laughs> what's the, I, I just i don't get that so i just figure i'll I'll just troll them back a little bit, and maybe they'll maybe they'll like it, maybe they'll get upset, but I don't really care. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, speaking of Instagram, two other things I want to talk to you about quickly are, one, I yeah. definitely, the last time you were on here, we were talking about, I believe we were talking about on here, the American top team gym you're building in State College. I saw you broke ground on that. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to check in and see how the Thank progress you. was going on that. Yeah, it's going really well. I'm super excited. Um the builders said that it'll be all built out and ready to rock in April. So, you know, the plan originally was to have it built out by uh, the end of this year, but, you know, because of COVID and everything got pushed back. So no worries. You know, it's not really a big deal to me because I'm still competing in wrestling and everything. So it'll be built out in April and ready to rock. So we're going to have coaches there full time and a lot of guys training. And it's definitely, hopefully, you know, my, my, uh, dream for it is in the next five years to be one of the the top if not the top gym as far as mma is concerned in in the entire world so that's kind of where i see it going and uh what the future holds a little bit yeah and we've talked about it before i can't remember if it was on the podcast or off but i mean pennsylvania Mm -hmm. is such a hotbed for wrestling and wrestling is obviously a a hotbed for great mma athletes it only makes sense to bring people in from philly from new york city from jersey from wherever Mm -hmm. and with everything going on at penn state with the wrestling program it's the perfect location and you know (laughs) the other instagram thing that i wanted to talk about was i i need to hear from you you've teased out these seasonings (laughs) (laughs) i i need to know what is going on please oh man well we got something coming. It's going to be big. It's going to be exciting. I've been working with uh, myself and, and one of my, my buddies. We're partnering up, and we're going to be uh, creating our own custom blend of seasoning that um, I, I'll be specifically tailoring for uh, 
for red meat. And so we've been working on this blend for it's going on, I guess, over, like almost half a year at this point, just tinkering with it and fiddling with it and making sure it's perfect. So I'm going to, uh, I'm working with the distributor and I'm getting it bottled currently. So they just sent us, uh, the final sample and we're going to get that bottled and distributed hopefully i'm not sure i'm, I'm getting married in december so I'm, I'm not really focusing on it a ton right now but hopefully you know first uh few months of the new year we'll have it ready to rock and send out to people so yeah i'm super excited about it and it's like it's real it's a really awesome blend you know like i said i put a lot of time and effort into it and got it exactly as i wanted it so um basically yeah just like for me, that's something that I'm super passionate about, you know, grilling, obviously on the Traeger, yeah. um, stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I, I need to, to create a custom blend that's, that's exactly as I wanted, because what, what, what I did before that was I would take a bunch of different things and combine them and kind of make it up myself. And I was like, yeah. you know, I just need to, I just need to do it, do it right. And, and have these all combined into, into one blend. And, you know, it just made so much sense to be able to share that with others and, and have other people try it, but I think it's going to be pretty good. So I'm hype. Yeah. I can't wait to try it. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. you know, you're building this gym, you're working on the seasoning stuff. You're getting married in December. You're, you're training for the Olympic trials. What, how is your focus right now divided when you have so much going on to not get distracted by these things, but using them, mm -hmm. using your time, using everything you have going on for you to set yourself up for, for, better success in the future both on and off mm -hmm. the mat i'm curious how you stay focused and committed to so many things right yeah you know that's that's a good that's a really really good question you know i think that um for me balance has always been huge and, and really important um for my life you know i i can't like i don't think when, when i'm in the training room when i'm wrestling when i'm in practice or when i'm studying film or something and locked in it's like very serious very like locked in like obviously i'm enjoying it and i'm having fun because i'm passionate about it but like i'm not really like i'm locked in and i'm using like all my energy and focus towards that you know what i mean so like for me it's really not sustainable to do that 24 hours a day seven days a week where i have that type of intensity you know and focus on one thing specifically so when i can get out of the practice room and finish practice i kind of like to sometimes uh tone it down a little bit but that's why that's why i love like watching the office and stuff like that <laughs> right. and uh playing board playing board games you know working on things that to me like aren't as serious like like the seasoning you know like that's more just strictly fun like wrestling it's not it's it's a lot of fun but it's also really hard <laughs> you know yeah. so that's something where like like doing the seasoning there's a lot of work to it and it's a lot of fun but it's all it's not like super stressful <laughs> yeah so I just kind of uh yeah just like to like keep that balance where you know i can work i can obviously like focus my energy in wrestling and and do a whole lot in a short period of time because of the intensity that we're at and then when i'm done with that just kind of unwind and be able to do things that you know maybe aren't as stressful i don't take it's not that I don't take them as seriously, but they're just not as, as difficult, I guess, is the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way because, you know, I got to deal with clients and I have to deal with my team yeah. all day long, 24-7. But when I go to our new property mm -hmm. and I'm able to just hop yeah. on the tractor and get some work done, it's such a nice disconnect that helps me to reset yeah. so that the time I spend working and what I'm doing, it feels like it's more fruitful because I've taken a yeah. step back to reset. So it sounds like for you, business and keeping yourself busy is a nice way to reset from that day-to-day -day grind of, like you said, you, yep. you, you can only do it so so much in one day where mm -hmm. it could become counterproductive. And I know right, one other yeah. thing that I want to talk to you about that you uh -huh. keep yourself busy with, you somehow, this, this, this is the kind of life I want to live sometimes. You kind of last minute get invited to a trip overseas with Jorge Masvidal <laughs> to go as a wrestling training partner. Yeah. And that was so awesome to watch just as a fan of MMA and wrestling to see those worlds collide. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? Man, it's amazing. You know, I definitely live just like such a blessed and, and fortunate 
life to where I could have the opportunity to do something like that, you know, being able to go out there and, and, uh, help, help Majidal get ready for that fight was just like such an awesome experience. And, um, being able to you know, I, it, it was just a crazy, crazy sequence of events because it was maybe like Friday afternoon that I had seen that Gilbert Burns, uh, had, had withdrawn from the fight and then i was like oh man george is probably gonna get the fight <laughs> so i i called the manager i called our manager and he was like can you get to miami i was like no i can't get to miami <laughs> but i can get to vegas and he was like okay so that was saturday night my fiance and i drove out to pittsburgh i hopped on a flight to vegas at 7 a.m on sunday and i got there at like 11 in the morning and then went straight to a hotel and quarantined and got tested twice. Um, and then the next day, so Monday, we hopped on a private jet and flew to Abu Dhabi. So it's like just this is the most insane, insane <laughs> right, like, just fly to Vegas, fly to life. Abu Dhabi. Like it's wild. <laughs> yeah, it was just wild, and it was such a it was such a fun experience. I mean, with with COVID and with like all the restrictions that we were, we had, like while I was there, I didn't really get to do much. But we stayed in this like awesome five star hotel and just like trained and it had like a racetrack running through it so like every morning i would just like get up and go get have an espresso and like order room service and sit outside and like watch race cars drive by that's amazing it was crazy yeah it was so awesome and fun and obviously wish uh wish uh george would have got the dub but you know he he really we had been training with him for a bit and um when when they announced that burns was fighting usman then then uh, I wasn't training with him anymore. So, you know, it was really, he was really, you know, six days notice. And a lot of people say, oh, he was training. He was ready. Like he was for a time period, but then it was like over a month off. Yeah. So like, it wasn't really, you know, I would love to see them rematch with him, him at a full camp because, you know, I, I had a lot of people saying nice things to me about his takedown defense. And if you watch the fight back, he honestly did really, really well with, with his wrestling and grappling and stuff. So he's a guy that, that learns quickly and I would love to work with him more. He's actually, um, you know, hopefully going to be coming up to the gym, you know, when we, uh, when we do open up and, and train in here. So I think that, you know, he could definitely, uh, you know, if, if him and Usman were to rematch, it would, it would be a different fight, but yeah, it was an awesome experience. It was so cool just to have the opportunity to do that. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, I'll, I'll have more chances to, to go do that for guys and help them train and then eventually have my own fights be prepping for those i was just gonna say i gotta imagine not that you need more excitement but i gotta imagine that kind of strokes the fire for you for your mma career yeah absolutely i mean just the uh the whole you know build up to the fight the lead up to it the training and then post fight the lifestyle of uh of of you know being able to focus and train for eight weeks and then, you know, you go, you do your competition and then you celebrate and, and then back to it is just such a, such a cool, a cool lifestyle to live. You know, there's a lot of freedom there where, you know, you, you do have your time to obviously focus up and train and go super hard. And then you also have time to just enjoy the fruits of your labor and, and your life and be able to, you know, spend time with family and friends and stuff like that. So I, I love the, the lifestyle that that it brings and and the training is so fun just like being able to learn new things you know for me i've been wrestling about 20 years so being able to like do a different combat sport and learn the ins and outs of it is so fun um but yeah i'm definitely incredibly excited to to move into mma and i just know that i'm gonna excel really really quickly just because of all the different character traits and things that wrestling has instilled in me and um, that I've learned from my coaches and, and my teammates over the years. You know, I just know, like, when I get into that world, I'm going to the top very quickly. So, you know, I'm not really in a rush to to get it started, but I know that once it does start up, it's going to happen really fast, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's always new, new, fun to start new things. I mean, for me, it's like these last couple of years of grilling and smoking nonstop. Yeah. It has just been such a fun time to learn something new and kind of get lost in it. And I, I can sense that excitement yeah. for you. And with what wrestling's doing right now in MMA is just mm -hmm. seems like a no-brainer. 
yeah yeah it's an easy easy transition it's it's almost like obvious to me so you know it's very very fun and I think like you know the way that I like the way that I move and and my athletic ability and a lot of the things that I do transition very well to uh to fighting you know so that's that's just super super exciting super fun learning new things is is always good in, in my opinion yeah for sure and for those listening who haven't listened to the last time Bo came on the podcast him and Anthony Kassar came on to talk about their training down in Miami and they go into detail you can hear Kassar talk about how he just wants to knock people out <laughs> and what they're working on listen to that Bo listen I know you got some more wedding planning to do I know you got a lot of stuff to do so thanks for taking a few minutes make sure to send me some of those Send me some of those seasonings because I'm going to throw a nice tomahawk on the steak and I'm going to give it my my best uh, yeah. shot. <laughs> yep, you'll be the first one to you'll be the first one with it. So thanks, I appreciate, Justin. I appreciate you having me on today. Awesome. We'll talk All soon, right. man. See ya. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at JBash on Instagram and at JustinJBash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.